Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all your streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. Email us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. And uh, you can do that by going to our website that we have linked in this episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. And thanks for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Thursday, June 10th. And it is, uh, you know, pretty nice out today in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, it's, the it's weather's finally day. coming back. Yeah, yeah. Finally summertime. And uh, with summertime comes some good sports. NFL's in the off season. MLB's full swing. NHL's in the playoffs. NBA's in the playoffs, too, but we don't really care that much about it. Yeah, we don't cover it too much yeah no no one really cares about that but um my god so much to talk about in in sports today yeah we have a pretty loaded show uh, a lot to get to we're gonna start with a rant um from you and then get into some nhl updates actually getting through to the postseason and further into round two now yeah talk a little bit uh, about aaron Rodgers. what's going on there yeah can jordan love play is he gonna start is he gonna have to start you know we have a little discussion about kyler murray as well Ooh, coming up later all right um, and then a debate at the end. So we're going to start this whole, I think, uh, we started last week. We're going to keep doing it. Just a debate at the, uh, in the third segment of every show. It's just good. You get your mind working a little bit. You guys can, um, it, it's something that you guys could really easily have an opinion on. It's something that people talk yeah, about a lot. We're absolutely. not going to have topics that aren't, you know, hotly discussed. And, and another thing, if you'd haven't go back listen to our episode from last week the debate last week was awesome it was on uh yeah. substances and the mlb the pine tar pitchers using it uh you go back listen to our thoughts on that and uh we had a great game last week too after that segment Ooh, yeah we compared um, you know you guys just go listen yeah nfl listen. quarterbacks to car brands yeah That's all today we're also going to talk about quarterbacks they're just good to have games but they're just they're People care about quarterbacks. Exactly. It's you the face watch. of every single team. Yeah, that's the face of your franchise. That's the face of a, you know, on average, couple billion dollar organization. Yeah. So they're easy to have to, to talk about. Now and they're fun to talk about. Yeah. Before we forget, just want to get this out of the way, go to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast on Instagram, and then you can go over to our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. Um, check out what we're posting over there. And then we also have our link tree. Yep, I have now our episode or our website in our bio on Instagram. Okay, so go there. You can get to our link tree from there on the listen now. Yeah, um, but wherever you listen, go follow us, turn on post notifications, subscribe, do whatever. Also, email us, and that is the issue mailbox at gmail.com. It's really easy. You just do it from your phone. I'm literally about to open up the Gmail app right now, and you can like, do it so from easy. Instagram. If you go to Instagram, there's a little button now. And just click it and email us. Um, also, if you go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. Newsletter yeah. will be coming out at the end of this week. Yeah. Um, first one. So go ahead and sign up. All you have to do is put your email in and hit sign up. There are no charges for the newsletter. Uh, but let's get right into it, man. We have a good discussion to get to. Uh, your rant first. Yeah, absolutely. Quick quick spot to read. 20% off site-wide at Raise Energy. So go check it out. It's the raise. It's a free. You get a free raise on the go variety pack, and uh, if you spend eighty five dollars, you get some 
some free hyper sleep aid that's nice. right there in your in your bundle. That's nice. a forty eight dollar value for free if you just spend eighty five dollars. So you got to spend a little bit, but then you get you get a lot on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Raise Energy use code Timbo at checkout. Perfect. But no, what I really want to talk about today. So I I don't like the Lions. I'm gonna come out and say it. Okay. The Detroit Lions. That's what we're gonna talk about. Okay. But but first, everybody knows you know that guy or girl that that hypes up everything beyond reasonable. Um, you know, reasonable hype, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They'll say something like, oh, you know, that's the best meal ever. Like, or, really? or or that's the worst meal ever. You know, they're, they're very on the extremes, right? Um, and, and they're, or they're stupidly optimistic, right? Not, not enough realistic, more optimistic. Mm-hmm. A lot of children have this. That's normal. Right. Way too optimistic. So this happens in sports all the time. So there's two sides of this coin, right? The first side is the good side. The people who understand what their team is, what they are physically, what skills they bring, you know, the fan base can have it. They can understand, like, okay, our team sucks. Now, Cleveland was on the good side of this coin, actually. I'm going to actually praise the Cleveland Browns real quick. For example, Cleveland coaches, players, fans, etc., they knew they sucked. They, they had bags over their heads. Their coaches realized they sucked. Cleveland didn't walk in with any swag when they went 0-16. They understood that they, they were bad, period. So instead of pumping false hope into themselves, they looked inward and said, huh, okay, we need we need a grown-up in the room here. We need a good head coach. We need to go out and pay for a good head coach and go make a splash hire, like a Kevin Stefanski. He was one of the best coordinators in the league. You go out, you get him. He's a grown-up in the room. Really good coach, it seems, so far. So that's the good side of this whole, you know, ego thing, right? Let's go over to Detroit. Let's, let's check on them, right? So about a, I was on this show about a year ago now. I don't know if you remember this. Reggie Raglan, he's a linebacker for the for the Lions. He won the Super Bowl with the KC Chiefs that year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then went to Detroit, and he said, quote, we have a lot of the same pieces that KC had on their Super Bowl team. And on air, you guys can go back and try to find it. It's been about a year ago. Um, Reggie Raglan came out. Oh, yeah, he said that. And then I just laughed. You, you can hear me on air just laugh. And, and I go in for about five minutes talking about how there's no shot. There's no shot. Their, their quarterback was less mobile, less talented. And that was even with Matt Stafford, who I liked. They had a worse offensive line, worse weapons, worse defense, um, a worse coach, culture, front office, etc. The whole thing. The lines were not even close. They're just pumping this false hope in. So let's check on them now. So a year later... We check in on their head coach, and his first interview says that he's going to break the legs of the opponents. He then wore an Indy 500 helmet to a professional media appearance. They passed on a receiver or any type of weapon that they desperately needed, and they drafted a guy who you'll hear his name like twice a week, maybe, Penesul. I think he's good, but you're going to hear his name twice a week. He's not a game changer. Their offensive line was already fine. They've downgraded a quarterback, although I, I don't mind Jared Goff. I think he's an average quarterback. I'm not trying to bang on Jared Goff here, but he's not Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's a more talented quarterback. I mean, the franchise is an absolute mess. They're in shambles. Here's the kicker, though. They, they don't seem to care. They don't <laughs> seem to understand anything. Last year, they drafted a corner, number three overall. A corner, okay? Why would you do that? So the top five corners, that's not a game changer. Okay, I want to let you know. Drafting a corner at number three is terrible. That They're not a game-changing piece, unless you get like a Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to get into that. The top five corners 
according to Pro Football Network, it was like a website, profootballnetwork.com, I think, are Marlon Humphrey at five, Xavier Howard at four, Tredavious White at, at three, Jair Alexander at two, Jalen Ramsey at one. Only one of those was a top 15 pick, Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Howard was even a second-round pick. Jeff Okuda was not the pick at three, just like Penesul is not the pick at five here. You need a game-changer. You need to go out. Two is still on the board. I don't even like Tua, but you bring him at three instead of Jeff Okuda, that, that changes your franchise a little bit. That at least gives you a direction. But now Jared Goff's going to go out there and say, well, I feel empowered and supported by the Lions staff. That's great. Yeah, that's great. But we're not in the empowering business. The NFL is not, they don't make money off of you feeling good about your talents. They make money, that franchise makes money if you win games, draw fans. So we're in the win the game business, not the empowering business. And there, and and Jared Goff, your team should be 100% the underdog in every game. This roster should go into every game being the less talented roster. I mean, go through their schedule. So the Falcons and the Bengals, the only two teams I could point out and say that their roster from from 1 through 50, what, 3? 53-man roster? Yeah. 53. 1 through 53, and then if you include their coaching staff, we'll go 1 through the top 100 people in the organization. That includes coaches, front office, GM, owner, the, the top 100 guys in that organization are they, they're going to go into every game having significantly worse people in that top 100. Absolutely. The Falcons and the Bengals are the only two teams I could even think of, and I, I like the Falcons quarterback way better, and I like the Bengals quarterback way better. In, in a quarterback league, you can pretty much boil it down to that. I like Matt Ryan. Think about you're your going into the game, right? You got Matt Ryan an offensive coach, and um, Arthur Smith, the new coach in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, new coach. You just dealt Julio, so you got some decent uh, – you, you have cap room. You can go out and get guys now. Mm-hmm. You got young talent. You just drafted Kyle Pitts. Defense has some younger stars on it that could, could blossom a little bit. And you got Matt Ryan, who's going to have a bounce back here. Going in against Jared Goff and no talent. So just say that out loud. The Falcons win all day. How about the Bengals? Well, I think Joe Burrow's better. They just drafted uh, Jamar Chase, really good young wide receiver. They already had T. Higgins, who looked good. Tyler Boyd's a good receiver. Tyler Boyd's been very reliable very for reliable. years now. Joe Mix can run the football. They upgraded their offensive line a little bit. Their defense isn't bad. It's not great. It's bottom third, but it's not as bad as the Lions, I don't think. Okay, I would say, out of that, I'd say Cincy can compete with the Lions. Yeah, so so the, my, my point is that there's not a game where the Lions go in as they're, they're the better team. No. There's, there's not a game. But. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Not, not but. And. And the Lions. They're going to go into every game outcoached outside of maybe Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni, who's going to be bad. We know he's going to be bad. Yeah. And maybe Cliff Kingsbury. But I still think he's actually better than Dan Campbell. I think, I think Cliff's better than Dan. And they're going to be out quarterbacked in about 60% of the games. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, Ben is upright. For the Steelers. And the Bears wise up. And by you know week 9 or 10, you're starting Justin Fields, right? He's a big physical athlete. He's better than better than Andy Dalton. Needs some time, but he's better than Andy Dalton. Jared Goff could be the lesser quarterback talent in about 75% of games. That's not good optically. There's just no draw to this franchise. And there's no reason to believe they'll be any good at all. That's it. At all. Wait. Point me to something they do well. They don't. 
it's not a good franchise. They don't draft particularly well. You had Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford, who both were insane talents, and you went 0-16 with them on your roster. You can't hire a head coach. Your offensive line's good, not great. Your run game isn't good. You actually, at one point, had to get Reggie Bush, and he wasn't great at all. He was the, he's your best running back since Barry Sanders. But yeah, they got Barry Sanders yeah. uh, a, a long time ago. And did that lead to any? No, it didn't actually. Oh, right, right, right. Right. They don't, they don't do anything translate. well. They don't do anything well. Their defenses haven't been good. Mm-hmm. If Matt Stafford's your best quarterback, he hasn't even won a playoff game. So we're hanging our hat on that. Okay. All right. Whatever. Let's get to the news. No, yeah. All right. NHL update. God, I'm fired up. <laughs> So let's 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 head over to the NHL. Um, I know that the uh, the did the Bruins win last night. Uh, the Islanders went won. I thought. So did what? Did that? Didn't that? Let me see. Isn't that it for the series then? Uh, Islanders won four two. Yep. Islanders move on. Well, wow. they won six two in the game, but four two in the series. Wow. Islanders really? move on. I told. Did I not tell you the Islanders in six? Did I not say Islanders in six? No, you specifically? did. Man, they are a good team. We 100% underestimated them. They're a good team. They are. They play physical. And then since they added that, one of the sneakiest ads, Jordan Eberle, he played up with McDavid up in um, Edmonton there, yep. was a great number two scorer. Really, really good. He's almost like and a now, better version of a Jake Gensel for the Penguins. He, yeah, the Islanders, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's come to the Islanders. He's not the number one option. He's not really the two either. But my God, has he been really good when called upon. He's and been really good. He's one of those players that's usually really good in the playoffs. Yeah, Jordan, I believe he, he's stepped up big. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier as well stepped up a lot. They, I mean, let's see if they either of them scored. I guarantee one of them scored in this game. Okay, Islanders box score. So I was talking about what? Beauvillier. Oh, he actually didn't have, didn't have a goal. Everly didn't either. Wow, who scored for them? Okay, let's see here. Um, Pollock, okay. Zajac, Clutterbuck, Palmieri. That Nelson had two. Okay. Keeping rolling with this. Bovillier was a plus two. Wow. Yeah, no, Everly didn't play that much, though. I wonder if he got hurt. Got no. a little banged up. Um, happens a lot, blocking shots in the playoffs. Yeah. But um, five teams remain right now. Um so, yeah, so we the have Islanders, Montreal yeah. over Winnipeg. They swept. Yeah, um, where did Montreal come from? They had the least amount of points of any playoff team. Right. And then Tampa Bay came in and beat Carolina, the one seed. I, I figured that, though. I thought they were a little bit of a fluke as a one seed. Tampa Bay has a way more talented roster, and they have more experience. Kucherov, Stamkos, etc. Right. Um, and then, obviously, Islanders coming in, rocking Boston, 4-2 and 6. Yep. And then... Um, Vegas and Colorado. Vegas and Colorado still stand. That game is tonight at 9. Yeah. Vegas leads the series 3-2. to two. It's going to be going to watch. This is probably going to be one of the better games... So, I'd say so far. Vegas I mean, you're, is you're looking at a Colorado team with a lot of young talent that has a really good shot at the Cup this year if they can continue to win. The Avs have been getting better for years. They've been improving. Vegas is favored by a goal and a half. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's going to be this is going to be a high energy, high stakes game. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury in the net for the Knights, and uh, I think it's going to be awesome to watch. That. Golden Knights are minus one thirty nine, which is a fairly a fairly hefty odd. Yeah, that's a heavy bet. 
If you bet $139, you'd win $100 on that? I mean, that's just not a good bet. America's voting. Vegas. Um, you're putting it on Vegas. Or, uh, yeah, you're literally putting well, it on Vegas. Vegas is putting it. Yeah, Vegas is put, betting themselves. 83% tonight. of bettors are betting Vegas on Vegas. And then the money line, 61% of bettors are betting them. So yeah, uh, I'm not not big on betting hockey, especially. Um, especially playoff hockey. Yeah, over-unders I'll do a little bit. And if the odds are pretty good, I'll maybe throw a little bit of scratch there. But I don't go too much into hockey betting. Uh, some news out of the NFL. Networks are now networks plural, right? Okay, are now interested in Alex Smith as an analyst of, of the NFL for their programs. I think it's a good move. I like Alex Smith. I think it's a good move. He's a grown up in the room. He's smart. He never really panned out talent wise, but he still stuck around the league for a long time. He won with that Washington roster last year, which I thought offensively they weren't great. He led him to victory. He gutted it out. Uh, I think he's a, he's a smart player, so he's going to make, make a good analyst. Similar to a Tony Romo, I think Tony had a better career. But they're both like really good mentally with the game, so I think right. he'll be fine. He'll and be have good. you ever listened to any Alex Smith interviews? Yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's funny. He's got a personality to him. Um, I think... I think that'd be a good move, honestly, for like a CBS or a Fox to sign him and, and get him on like a. I think he'd be really good on it. Even like a Thursday pregame, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I want to talk about Jameis Winston though, and that in that whole the whole Saints thing with their quarterback situation. My argument has always been: if you have a quarterback competition, like if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback at all. If if you don't have one that's good enough to win the job outright within the own within your own quarterback room. You don't have one to compete with the rest of the league. Right. Like, Josh Allen's not competing with Mitch Trubisky. No. Like, if Aaron Rodgers was there, he's not competing with Jordan Love. Well, I mean, maybe Matt LaFleur's head, but I, you know. <laughs> um, you know, Brady's not competing. So, if you don't have one quarterback that is, is clearly your number one, you probably don't have a, a, a legit quarterback at all. Which is a big issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. You can sit there and say, well, you know, that's overall it's a pretty good quarterback room. But at the end of the day, you play one quarterback. Mm-hmm. One quarterback's on the field at a time. It's not like wide receivers are like, oh, they got a good, good wideout room. If you have a good wideout room, you could spread the ball out and have run four wideout sets and put pressure on the defense. If you have a good quarterback room, per se, you just have two average quarterbacks yeah. or below average quarterbacks. Only one of them can play at a time. But with this Jameis Taysom Hill thing, I think it's interesting. I think Jameis is the starter. What do you like? I think Jameis should be the starter. I mean, he has more experience being the starter as an, an actual NFL, quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's not forget that Taysom Hill was not a quarterback in college. No, he was. He just wasn't. Well, he he was at the end. At the end, yes. Yeah. But, I mean... He was more of an athlete. He's just an athlete. He's just, he's Yes. And he had a bunch of injuries as well. I And for that reason, I like Jameis. Jameis has had experience in the league. Yeah, he threw a lot of picks, but he still threw a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Like he threw a lot of interceptions, don't get me wrong. And that's still a blemish, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But at this, at the end of the day, he threw a lot of touchdowns. He has experience in the league. I think if you're looking for a game one starter, you go to Jameis. And then, you know, you look around at weeks four or five. If things are starting to slip up, things aren't starting to gel right away. And then look into putting in Taysom Hill. I mean, he's been in the system, too, and he does know the system, which is a benefit. But I think for now, you yeah, just Yeah, this is one of those James situations, Winston. I think, where... You, you can uh, you can play two quarterbacks in this situation, much like they did with uh, Hill and Breeze last year. Now Breeze was injured, but I, I don't think Jameis has to get hurt for Taysom Hill to see the field. Could you imagine 
all week you're saying, you know, you say you start Jameis the first four weeks. You have a tough matchup. Let's go to the Saints schedule real quick. Okay, Saints schedule. Right there. Say week five, they have a tough game. Let's go. Okay, week five, they one, two, three. No, they don't. Week six, they have a tough game at Seattle at night, right? Yeah. Taysom Hill's been in the system longer, so I'd feel more comfortable a little bit with him on a night game. But say you start Jameis the first five weeks of the year. Because he could, if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, he can beat the Packers week one. He'll probably beat the Panthers week two, probably beat the uh, Patriots week three, probably beat the Giants week four. It's close with Washington in week five. And then you're telling everyone Jameis is starting week six, week six, week six. You get They have a bye week in between. You're telling everybody for two straight weeks. Yep, yep, we're going to start, start Jameis. We are 100% going to start Jameis. Day before the game, it's October 24th. Taysom Hill, you're the starter. You give Pete Carroll one day to prepare for Taysom Hill. One day. That guy flies into town. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in 24 hours to, to come up with a game plan for Taysom Hill? He runs. He throws. He, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. If he if he used him in some sort of decoy, Philly-Philly route, he can do anything. Yeah. So I think you can use both quarterbacks. You just got to, you know, Sean Payton's a genius. He'll figure it out. Right. You just got to be able to play with it the right way. I think Jameis should then, start more of the games, though. I think so. As long as he plays well. Yeah, give it to a more experienced guy. Let him try to carry it. But I'm in. It's still kind of like a tough situation either way. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, you still don't really have the guy. Y- yeah, <coughs> like I said, you know, usually if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. <clears throat> They're probably if you have two quarterbacks, the one that you pick is probably not going to be competing for a Super Bowl anyway. Now I, I still think that's true here, but I think this is one of the situations where two quarterbacks isn't as bad as most yeah. situations. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, though, a lot of news with him in Green Bay. Um, so he's missing mini camp, and the team has the option to fine him like ninety three thousand for skipping. It's like a three day mini camp. Yeah, it's not even that important. Kyle Shanahan for the Forty ers literally just said, "Scrap the whole thing." Mm-hmm. A couple guys got hurt in OTAs, just little little nicks and stuff here. He said, "Scrap the whole thing. We're canceling mini camp, the three day mini camp." So it's not a big deal that Aaron's not going to it. Right. Now, it gets interesting, oh, I forget the day, but at some point, he ha- they get the league, it's mandatory that he gets fined for 50000 for every day he misses. I think it, that's, when, that's when training camp starts. Yeah. For every day of training camp he doesn't go to, that's $50,000 that it, the NFL has placed that's mandatory that the team finds Aaron Rodgers that. So that's when it gets interesting. That's at the end of July, I think. Or mid mid to end of July. That's when it gets interesting. But can Jordan Love play? You think he can play? Have you seen any film on him? I haven't. I haven't seen a single thing on Jordan Love. Except for draft stuff. When he was getting yeah. drafted, I saw the highlights. When he got drafted, that was it. Other than that, Green Bay's been very silent about him. They haven't they haven't showed him off. I mean, I get the whole we want Aaron to be the face of the team thing. I get that. But at the same time, like, you can show your number two guy a little bit. You have to show that you have somebody on the bench. Because if you would have shown that Jordan Love can play a little bit, if you would have been putting some stuff out there, okay, then this Aaron Rodgers situation happens, you're not as concerned, you're not as confused, worried, what's going on with the team. Because Okay, because we have a guy that we know that can play behind Aaron. 
Well, we don't know, though. But, but that, we don't, I was saying that would yeah. be the perfect yeah. scenario. But that's the issue here is we haven't seen a single thing on They're this guy. Him, so maybe he can't play. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, the situation is different because Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing Trey Lance film. Right. We're, see, we're even seeing some Justin Fields film. I've seen more Justin Fields film, and I've only seen, like, two clips, and only one of them is him actually even throwing the football. Yeah. Of Justin Fields. That's more than I've seen of Jordan Love. I saw one of Jordan Love where he completely spiked it, missed the target completely, and I saw one where he hit it. That's the only two clips I've seen of him. Yeah. I've seen just as much Justin Fields in two months than I have of Jordan Love in a year and two months. So, I don't... I don't get it. I feel like they're trying to hide that he really can't play. Right. It makes you... It raises questions, and in the NFL, you don't want to... You don't want to start any speculation. I feel like they started the speculation there in Green Bay. But it will be an interesting scenario. We'll keep you guys updated how it plays out. But we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we will have a little bit of uh, discussion on Kyler Murray, uh, some more news, and uh, it'll be good. So don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raise Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raise Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, second segment, we are back on a Thursday. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for listening to us. Listen to the issue. Yeah. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcast, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we were just talking on the air a little bit about Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. And then a little bit off the air, while we're talking off air, you know, I'm over on Instagram looking for some sports news. It's kind of basically all I do. <laughs> and I see video of Julio Jones at, at the Titans camp. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So Julio's been in Tennessee for, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. And he already has film out. I'm not saying that you got to hide Julio because he's an all-time great receiver talent-wise. You have to hide him like you do or maybe think you do Jordan Love. But just kind of crazy how 10 seconds he's been there, just landed, just unpacked. And he's, uh, there's already footage of him at practice. So, so. he's got his helmet and he's got yeah, everything. Just kind of crazy. But uh, go to Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I wasn't originally looking to rip on Kyler Murray today. I wasn't. I have nothing personal against Kyler Murray. I wasn't seeking this out. Didn't wake up and choose violence. But, you know, <laughs> when you stumble upon something and it bothers you, it bothers you. And I was reading a arc, uh, article from Pro Football Focus, right? Usually yeah. a pretty good, pretty yeah, good source, pretty good site. Use it for a lot of stuff on the show. Mm. Um, I saw this list that they had taken of... Um, the best players in every draft class, right? So I see that in 2012, their top player from the draft class was Andrew Luck. And, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Right there, we could completely agree. But they go on to, de- in, in the description, underneath of Andrew Luck's name, saying, oh, well, he had a, a 91 and then a 95... Uh, rating his last two years, and uh, 
you know, he was a great quarterback, great arm talent, but now um, there's, you know, with quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence, we could see that, we could see them surpass him. Now, I can see the argument for Joe Burrow. He's very young. Leader. He's a leader. He's proven that he can play in the NFL. He's gotten better every single week. I mean, even just like the clips, the, the audio clips that you yeah. could hear from the field, like when he was learning how to slide, the ref's yeah. like, man, you got to learn how to slide. He's like, yeah, I'm still learning how to do that. He's got a swagger about him. And he's got a very high ceiling. I like that. Yeah. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's the football Jesus, right? I mean, he's, what, 6'6", six, six, long, blonde, flowing hair, everything you would want a quarterback he's, to he's look Fabio. like. Right? And this dude throws a laser yeah. And won a national championship as a true freshman at Clemson. Like, come on. Are never we kidding? never lost a regular season game. Like, are we kidding? He obviously has at least the ability to get there. We have to see him do it now. Yeah. Same with Johnson Herbert, I would say, as well. Right. But the one from this list that stuck me is Kyler Murray. Saying that he could surpass Andrew Luck. Now, there is a certain... The eye test is valid. Yeah. Right? When you look at a quarterback in the NFL, show me another time that a five foot ten quarterback has worked outside of Drew Brees. And Russell right? Wilson. And Russell it. Wilson. Twice was, twice out of what? How many how many Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are there? There's gotta be like forty of them, right? Yeah. Because Brady could count for how many Super Bowls have there been? Like fifty three? Yeah. Brady's won six of them. There's a couple that have I said there's thirty plus Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Two of them are, are short. Two of them. So you're looking at an eye test, right? Five. He's five ten, two hundred seven pounds. For comparison, Andrew Luck was six four, two hundred and forty pounds. He looked the part. He's NFL quarterback. You hear all these people talk. You hear Colin Coward talk about it all the time. When you see great quarterbacks like a Peyton Manning, like a Tom Brady, they're big. Their legs are long. They're huge. Their arms are long. Their their feet and their hands are giant. Yeah. Right, they're they're big people. They're strong. They're physical specimens. Another thing, you can look at the stats here. So Kyler Murray, first year in the league, team went five ten and one. Andrew Luck, first year in the league, team went eleven and five. And we have to remember here. The Colts, when Luck took over the team in 2012, were abysmal. They were horrible. No offensive line. Two and fourteen. No pieces around them. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Not. And he came. He came in, and eleven and five in his first season with no help. Kyler had not the worst pieces around him. Okay. Yeah. Let's not forget that he had D Hop this year. Larry Fitz the year before. They've always had decent offensive pieces too. Yeah. He had an offensive coach as well. I mean, get everything right there. And then you look in the passing yards. First season in the league, Kyler threw for 3,722 yards. Andrew Luck threw for 4,374 yards. Another thing, people like to talk about Kyler. Oh, well, you don't, you're not mentioning his legs. Well, yeah, he can rush. He's, he's good at running the football, but he's not Lamar. And, and for someone that's supposed to be so good with his feet, he got sacked 48 times in his first season. Given, yeah... You can look and say Andrew Luck got sacked. Oh, he got sacked 41 times. Well, yeah, he also didn't have an offensive line either. Yeah, Kyler's offensive line isn't bad, and Kyler should as... Right, so his lack of size should... He should have to bring something to the table to make up for it. Right. 
and the speed and his capability should do it. 48 times getting sacked with that. He's, he's a small guy. That's a small body. It's a small taking a lot, Taking a lot of hits. Plus, he runs the football, so you have to factor in those hits, too. Those are hits that Andrew Luck didn't really have to deal with all that often because he didn't have to run the football. Kyler's going to wear and tear a lot quicker. And and Andrew Luck wore and tore so much that he literally is out of the league because of injury. And he was 6'4", 240. And he's a big physical guy. I worry about a Kyler Murray who's getting hit way too much for his size. Like, Russell Wilson is that small, but you can't touch him. No. When's the last time someone got a really, really good, clean hit on Russell Wilson? Not very often. Yeah. So, no, I see where you're coming from. So, do you think... Hmm. Do I think Kyler can win a Super Bowl? Do you think Kyler Murray is a quarterback that could win a Super Bowl? Do you think he... Do you think if he is, will he do it in Arizona or will he go somewhere else to win it? I... A lot of people are going to be upset by this because he's so young and he's got so much time left, but I don't think he's going to end up winning a Super Bowl. I think he falls in a very similar category as... I'm going to say this, but it's... You're going to think I'm crazy at first. Phillip Rivers. Okay. Now, yeah, Kyler was drafted really high and had a, had the expectations. He's more talented, I would say, than Philip Philip Rivers. Does more on the football field for you. But in the in the thing, my comparison is that both of them are talented and can make like Philip Rivers in his prime could make throws that not a lot of people could make. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had a cannon. Right. Kyler can do a lot of things that a lot of people can't do mm-hmm. on the football field. But I'm not sure that necessarily translate to winning the Super Bowl. Right? Like, Brady does things on the football field that people can replicate. He just does them better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that just being physically different and being able to run the football, that, that makes you a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't think he's got the leadership qualities. I don't think right now, unless they get him a different coach, I don't think he has the right coach right now to win a Super Bowl. No. As this team is constructed right now, Kyler Murray won't win a Super Bowl. And if I had to predict his future, I don't think he will at all. Especially if he stays in that division. They're, I, I'm not sure what... He's the fourth best quarterback in his division right now. I mm, I think he might be better than Jimmy G. But he's the third best quarterback in his division. I think Matt Stafford's a better quarterback right now today. I think Kyler going forward, I'll, I'll take Kyler because he's younger. Today, who would you rather have? Matt Stafford or, or Kyler Murray? I would take Kyler because he's younger, yeah. But, but I'm I, saying today, right now, to get you to Super Bowl right now. Oh, Matt Stafford. He's got the experience. He's got a. I think he's got a better arm. Mm-hmm. He's a better pure thrower of the football. More accurate, more consistent. And when Jimmy G's healthy, he wins more. He wins more. He's more consistent of a quarterback than Kyler. Yeah. I don't know. The only thing I like about Kyler Murray, he, his team wins more and more every year. He went, what, 5-11 and something, 8-8. Eight and eight, and what were they this past year, 9-7 and seven or something like that? Or I, He's increased his... Not only winning, but also he's increased his statistical output every year he's been in the league. So he's getting better. That's what I like to see. But I just think there's a ceiling with a guy who takes that much of a beating and runs the football and is that small. I just I mean, don't. How long can you do it for? Yeah, you know what I mean. What's the longevity? And on people, that? people say, well, don't compare him to RG three. Well, do you realize RG three lit the league on fire for two years? Kyler has not lit the league on fire, but has played really well for two years. People want to argue. Oh, don't compare them to RG3. They've had almost the exact same start to their careers. Yeah. Both are electric, run the football, do everything that a lot of quarterbacks can't. Put pressure on defenses. Freak athlete. Can throw the football pretty well for a running quarterback. 
but then RG3 got hurt and, and hasn't been the same since. So I'm not saying that Kyler will. He's a little bit more escapable than uh, than RG3, but it's it's very similar trajectory. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I'm not I'm not crazy. You're not crazy either. No. All right, all right. Story out of the NHL. We don't really follow a lot of non-local NHL, but this one kind of caught my eye. Because I remember, do you remember Jack Eichel got drafted to the Sabers? Wildly talented. I do. The Sabers want to move on from Jack Eichel. It's almost like they're the the lions of the NHL. Am I am I crazy? You follow a lot of NHL, yeah. Especially um, when we play in division like the the Sabers. Yeah, the Sabers. I mean, they're usually bottom of the division every year. I can't tell you the last time they've been in the playoffs. Um, I couldn't tell you other than Jack Eichel, a notable player from their franchise. No, they no. don't draw anything. No, they don't really have anybody big. They don't have like a big name guy from even like the '60s or '70s that really pop into my mind right off the bat. No, even like a so Carolina in football is a fairly small market. Mm-hmm. You still know all their players, right? And I still and think a C Mac, and I still think yeah. a and, and in, in in hockey, Carolina is a kind of a smaller market as well. You still know Sebastian Aho, uh, Jordan Jordan Stahl, right? Or Eric like, Eric Stahl, Jordan Stahl, Mark Stahl. They all played somewhere. One of the Stahls plays for them, so you, you know you can point out players on a team like that. I don't know anybody other than Jack Eichel on the Sabers. What are they doing? What are they doing? Build around him. He's a, he's a franchise piece. He's your captain. So now they're getting rid of him. You're saying. They said they want to move on from him, yeah. Okay. Well, You're never going to get fair value for him, though. No. No. He's too good. That's what? a horrible decision. Whoever sure. the GM is in Buffalo needs to not be the GM anymore. So if you if you go, you want fair value for him, what are you going to do to get? Two first-round picks in hockey? Who cares? Right. And, and what are they going to give you that's a player now that's more skilled than Jack Eichel. There's not a lot of them. No. There's about 15 of them. And I guarantee you all of those 15 players, their franchises are like, dude, why would we get rid of him? Because we're smart. We're not going to get rid of the most talented player on our team. And another thing about hockey, you know when somebody really good and game-changing is coming down the pipeline. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah. It, it's a, they're a standout, either if it's through the Junior League or the AHL or, or they're playing over in Russia. Whatever they're doing... It, Everybody knows. Like people knew Crosby was going to be a legend when he was like fourteen. Oh, McDavid. That's why. Yeah, McDavid was the consensus number one pick the second he graduated middle school, and, and so was he. He went into high school, and everybody knew. So was Alex Ovechkin coming into the yeah. league, right? So you, you have all these guys that are great. Everybody knows they're coming. Same. Look, with, it was the same with Jack Eichel too. Yeah, exactly. And you don't really see any. I'm sure there are some really good prospects coming to the NHL right now, but you're not going to get another Jack Eichel. You're not. I, I think he's wildly talented. I also think he might be lacking a little bit of leadership. I'm not, I'm not going to speak on his character because I've never met the guy, but you know he hasn't really his skills haven't translated to winning as much as I think you know the Sabers would like. So maybe he doesn't have the leadership, the alpha mentality. But I think he could go to say in Edmonton who desperately needs to get McDavid some stars now to play with. Because McDavid's a one-man show up there. And also, you look at a team... He would be a great two next to McDavid. Great two. You also look at a team, and it doesn't sound crazy, but the Penguins are going to have a lot of cap space coming up soon. Because they're 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 going to shed some of those bad contracts, I think. And could you imagine getting a Jack Eichel on a Penguins team with Gensel and Crosby? He's a winger, right? No, is he a center or a winger? Let's see. Jack. That would be a hell of a power play unit. Eichel. Jack Eichel, Sidney Crosby, and Jake Gensel. All right, let's see. Jack Eichel. Okay, he's a center. So imagine if you keep Geno, because his contract's too bad right now. I'm not sure you could get rid of it, and it would Dude, make economical sense. Could you imagine this? 
first line center Crosby, second line center Eichel, third line center. Malkin. No, no, no. I would say second Geno still. Second Geno, and then third, third Eichel, Eichel, fourth Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. That's an insane lineup. Those are four of the ten best centers in the league, right there. Mm-hmm. That'd be insane. I'm not sure, you know, financially. I'm not big into NHL salary cap and financials, but if they could make it work, oh. maybe we get Tyler Bursick on next week and we ask him about this. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring him on. Let's see. Well, there was an article here that said landing spots for Jack Eichel. Let's see what the world's thinking. Okay. All right. The Anaheim Ducks. Where else? Who else? Come on. The Calgary Flames. The Kings. These are all no-name teams. You think he wants to go there? The Wild and the Rangers. Ah, whatever. Okay. Um, All right, how about a little bit of a news update? MLB. Actually, let's start with how much talent is in the NFL right now. It is is insane. I saw a story that the Ravens, the Ravens were going to... uh, Look at interviewing Todd Gurley. Yeah, he's a former number, uh, like a first round pick, former really good. He's so talented, and he hasn't even been signed yet. No, could you imagine if the Ravens add him into the backfield? They have him, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar running the football. It's it's yeah, they're really good. Oh my god, that would be that would just be next level. But uh, let's get to let's get to some MLB um, update here. I think the trade deadline's coming up. It's gonna be something we got to keep our eye on here. It will be. Um, yeah, there's actually not, not a lot going on in baseball right now at all. The foreign substance thing is still a huge debate. Yep. And uh, I guess a little update. I think Vladdy and Acuna are tied for the league lead at 18 home runs. Otani's still a beast. Mike Trout's still really good. DeGrom's still an un- unhittable. And that's about all the MLB news we have for you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's it. That's it. Yeah. DeGrom is an absolute animal. It's kind of that, like, dog days of summer baseball time right yeah. now where everybody's kind of grinding. You're just trying to play those games because right now, I mean, you could drop, like, two series and it wouldn't really matter all that much. Here, we'll do we'll do a little update on, on the awards. So, AL MVP, the top five uh, front runners. That's a, that's a good little sum up. Vladdy, Vladdy Guerrero. At one, Shohei Otani at two, Xander Bogarts at three, Cedric Mullins at four, who actually leads the AL in hits, and then Marcus Semyon at five. The AL Cy Young, Garrett Cole at one, Lance Lynn at two, Carlos Rodon at three, Rookie of the Year, Adolis Garcia, uh, Luis Garcia, and Nick Madrigal for Rookie of the Year in the AL. And then we go over at NL MVP, DeGrom has risen to the number one spot on there. Jesse Winker follows him at two, Acuna at three. Castellanos and Tatis, respectively, at four and five. Uh, the NL Cy Young, DeGrom, Woodruff, Kevin Gosman at three. And the Rookie of the Year for the NL, Trevor Rogers, Pavin Smith, and Jazz Chisholm. So that's your uh, MLB update. And, uh, hey, come back for segment three. We're going to have a little debate, a little game, a little bit of a funner segment, so don't go anywhere. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. Yo, what's up? We are back. Third segment. This is the, the fun issue. segment. This yeah. is like the extra fun segment. This is, um, you know, last week it got, it got pretty heated, not going to lie. That debate, I feel like whenever you start debating, you start arguing a point, it becomes personal at some level. You know what bit, I mean? A little bit. 
But that's, like, that's they do a good human. job at separating yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so our debate today, you think the college football playoff should be bigger, right? I 100% do, yeah. How big do you think it should be? I think... Like, it's it's four teams right now. How many teams do you think should be there? This is a hot topic around college football right now. They're looking at stretching it out to 12 or more, so... I think a top 12 would be perfect. Because you're taking those... You're taking the top 10 teams from all of college football, and and then you're giving two extra teams that are outside of the top 10 basically a, a chance to compete for a national championship. I mean, let's think about it. In any other sports league, how many times do only four people get selected, or four teams get selected to the playoffs? It doesn't happen. In the NFL, was it like 16 teams make it? Yeah. And that's half the league. <clears throat> okay? You make, first of all, uber more uh, amounts of money. Yeah. Like, you make so much more money from having so many more games, so many more primetime games. Make more money. Number two, you give teams a shot. Yeah, I get it. I understand the argument that there's a big fall-off in, in talent once you get outside the top, what, like five to seven? Yeah. But, look, you're giving teams a shot. I mean, that's the same thing. Like, you could argue that. I mean, look, who was the wild card team? Tennessee. Tennessee came through as a wild card, what, two or three years ago? And ran all the way to, like, the championship game and then got beat by the Chiefs? Yeah. Like, you're giving these teams that are average, like a Cincinnati Bearcats from last year. Yeah, they were they were eighth in the final eight people. Right. So you're giving a team like that at least a shot, at least a chance, uh, at least a school, uh, an opportunity for their school to make more money off TV deals. I all like right. it. All right. Let me, yeah, okay. I think that'd be fine. Stretch it to eight. Don't go above eight. Look at, so eight is Cincinnati. That, so the top seven teams, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Georgia. Those are the teams you expect to be there. Yeah. And then you throw in one gimme team like a Cincinnati, that's eight. Perfect. That way you satisfy that, you know, what if we could have an upset? Because nine... Nine is Iowa State, ten is Northwestern, eleven is BYU, twelve is Indiana, thirteen is Florida, fourteen is Coastal Carolina, and then Louisiana, Lafayette, Iowa, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. You get down to you get down to if you start going, I don't think they would do this, but if you start getting into the twenties, you got teams like Ball State, San Jose State, and Buffalo. Okay, right. You only need the top eight teams. First of all, I think you only I think the four is fine. But you don't need to be stretching it. We don't need to see Coastal Carolina as the fourteen seed going up against Ohio State. That is going to be a murder. Yeah. There's gonna be a cleanup crew in Columbus. <laughs> it just it doesn't make sense to me. I think you need the the top teams. Let the other teams like you know, think that their season went well and go win the uh, you know, Advocare you know, Armor All Bowl or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> the Advocate. Go, go, where, go win the, the Carnuba Wax Bowl or something <laughs> like that. Nobody, like, go do that. Get, get yourself some, uh, you know, a little bit of trophy. Get, get a little bling for winning nothing. Yeah. Have your good season. Let the big dogs compete for what the big dogs should compete for. The right. championship. And I can see that, but, I mean, at the end of the day, Florida was a 13 seed. Like... You're yeah, rightfully me, like, so, because Kyle Trask is not good. No, but I mean, you're telling me like Florida being a 12 seed one year coming in. I don't know. I mean, like Florida has had its moments against like an Ohio State 
or you get your Big Ten team, your Penn State, Ohio State, maybe sitting in the top five to six. You see your, yourself playing a, a Florida, a team out of the SEC that you haven't really ever seen that much, and they got a good thing going there. I mean, yeah. Okay, so I'll ask you this though: people want to compare it, like, oh, if you have a big tournament, it'll be just like the uh, basketball tournament, right, with upsets and stuff everywhere. Not true. No. Football has significantly less upsets. That's why they're so memorable. You remember all major football upsets. Like Appalachian State was the last team to have a true like for sure upset. Yeah. You get like seven of them a year in the tournament that you start to forget a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There's like four iconic ones every tournament. Yeah. And in football there's one a decade. So you would get if you took the top like what, sixteen teams and did like one sixteen, one play sixteen, two fifteen and so on and so forth, you would get you would end up with one playing eight, two set, two playing seven. All the favorites win. I guarantee there would be no upsets. So I mean, I understand giving that those teams a chance, but they don't have it. It's 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 a, it's a false chance. It's not it's not going to happen. They're not going to win. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it would be a great opportunity so, for just six, more money. If we stretch to sixteen, sixteen is Iowa. Iowa would would, would beat Alabama. Let's see. How about fifteen was Louisiana Lafayette? They're gonna they're gonna beat Ohio State. Clemson's going to lose to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Florida's going to be Texas A&M. You could say maybe, but Florida was not that good. Florida just wasn't that good. They're, they were 8-4. and four. They lost. They were bested by a team four times. It's not a good team. They shouldn't even have been, they shouldn't even have been that high anyway. Notre Dame's not going to lose to Indiana, probably. You know, Oklahoma's not losing to BYU, that's for sure. Georgia's not going to lose to Northwestern. You know, so it's just the the top teams are going to win. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Food for thought. I think we're going to get a fairly clear answer here pretty soon. Yeah. They're, they've been in meetings and, and stuff like that, talking about expanding it to 12 or more. So I guess we'll see. I mean, you do. I do start to worry about maybe watering it down a little bit if you get too big because um, you don't want to water down something that's so it, it just absolutely exciting. Can't yeah, keep yourself I, away from it. Okay? I agree. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, a couple more games, it would be wildly interesting. I think it would be very entertaining. Um, more opportunity for more sports betting, which we always love. Um, no more games to cover. I think it would really generate more buzz for the college football playoffs in general. If you're getting more areas involved. I think you have eight. more fan bases. I think eight would be good. I think you could make the argument to stretch <clears throat> to twelve. Yeah, and I don't like sixteen personally, but I do think it should be. Um, I think eight. I think I could I could get behind eight. Okay. I think eight wouldn't be that. I, I mean, because think about if you the top eight: Alabama and Cincinnati. Yeah, probably okay, not. Cincy but that's still loses. Georgia and Ohio State's a really competitive game. Oklahoma and Clemson probably pretty competitive. And then Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Those were fairly competitive games. That would be fun to watch. It I'd watch those. would be a very fun game. So, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I like that. But let's get into our game. Okay, yeah. Okay. Our game today, basically we're just naming who are the top five quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. We, were, okay. we started talking about this earlier, right? We're, we're talking about Andrew Luck when I was looking for all that stuff. And, like, you know, like, this is just... A lot of wasted talent there because he's such a good quarterback. Oh yeah, got drafted to a team with so many issues, with so many problems at the time. And by the time they got good around him, because now they're a good roster. But by the time they got good around him, 
It was too late. By the time they built him that O line, he was already gone. Yeah. Um. So it got us thinking: Who are the top five quarterbacks that have never won a Super Bowl? We'll bring it on the show. What we got? All right, number five. Philip Rivers. Okay. Now people are gonna bang on me a little bit, probably because you know they call like, oh, Philip Rivers is an all-time great. There's there's this thing that's called I call it reverse recency bias. There's this praising of history, right? Anyone that's you know back in the in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Those are those are classic players. They're all-time players, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Philip Rivers actually had better stats than a lot of them. Like, a lot of them. I know it's more of a passing league, but he was just a better quarterback. He won more often, like regular season-wise, and even into the playoffs. I think you look at some all-time gutsy performances as well. When he tore his ACL and played against the Patriots in that AFC Championship game, come on, that that's all-time guts right there. Um, I, I think he's a ultra-competitor, and the fact that he didn't win just, you know, that sucks. So, top five quarterback. Number five, Phillip Rivers. Okay, I like that. Right, number four, Fran Tarkenton. Now, a lot of people don't really know this. Is this the guy that basically invented, not the mobile quarterback, but the scramble, right? So Steve Young gets credit for this, but he shouldn't get as much credit as he does because Fran Tarkenton was running around like a decade and a half to two decades before Steve Young was. He would, you know how quarterbacks kind of run back, do the curl around, right? That was Fran Tarkenton all day. He revolutionized the game at quarterback. There is when it started, that mobility for quarterbacks started to be to become a little bit of a factor. Now, you'd still draft, you know, mm-hmm. big, huge guys, even if they couldn't move. But he opened the door a little bit for some mobile, more mobile quarterbacks. So he was ahead of his game. If he played in today's game, he'd probably have a couple Super Bowls, for sure. Yeah. Number three, Andrew Luck. You want to talk on this one because you've been talking about him all day. So Right. I mean, you get a quarterback that comes in 2012, takes over an absolutely horrible team, but still is good enough and still has that competitive edge to win. I mean, going 11-5 and five is quite impressive when you're doing it with lawn furniture and and a couple garbage bags stacked up in front of you to try to, to block an NFL pass rush. Um, yeah, he did a lot of things right in his career. He did throw a lot of interceptions, 84 career interceptions. So you do start to look at, okay, he's turning the ball over a good bit, but I mean, overall, on this career, he has a passer rating, 89.7. Yeah. Um, I think above it was the, league average. It was the what-if factor with him. Because he was so uber-talented and so good it's so like, early. You're like, like, what What could have been? Like, he definitely could have won multiple Super Bowls. Like, what if he would have got onto a Kansas City Chiefs in 2012? You know oh what I mean? God, yeah. I mean, you could be looking at a totally different NFL yeah. today. I agree. Um, but I'd say that's a good, a very yeah. good number three. All right, how about number two? Jim Kelly going 0 for 4 in four Super Bowls with the Bills. That was when they lost all four Super Bowls in, what was that, five years? Or maybe it was in a row, something like that. Well, you know what Bills stands for, right? No. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so true. They, they And they lost four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. Jim Kelly was the quarterback for, I'm pretty sure, all of them. And uh, wasn't he, isn't he a Pittsburgh guy? Yeah, he is. Or at Jim least Kelly has is some sort guy. of roots in Pittsburgh. Yeah, let me look that up real quick. Keep talking. But uh, he was consistently he had a, he has a little bit of Philip Rivers in him. He was never the best quarterback of an era, but he was always consistently a top five to ten quarterback year in and year out, and had his teams, you know, competing for championships. Of course, they didn't win, but 
is what it is. Jim Kelly attended East Brady High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 60 miles northeast of Pittsburgh. 60 miles north. Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. up near like... Yeah, I have no idea. Like... 60 miles northeast. Do we have to pull up a, uh, like, a map here? Probably like 30 miles north of Slippery Rock. and. No, I don't think that far. Wait. No, I mean, that far, but I don't think it's that. Look up East Brady High School. I think it's more east, more. Let's see. Natrona Heights, maybe? To Renham? No. Further. Way further. All right, anyway. <laughs> How about another Pittsburgh guy? Number one on the list, Dan Marino. This is fairly consensus. I feel like a lot of people have accepted the fact that Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Um, he kind of revolutionized the quick release aspect. All right, so where where's that at? In is there even a like a town near it? No. Phillipston? Never even heard of that. I oh, know it's insane. West Monterey? Oh, okay, Carn City is there. Adams. Okay, yeah. That's weird. I don't even know where that's at. Wow. All right. Anyway, Central PA gets weird. Yeah, it does. Real quick. But uh, Dan Marino again revolutionized the quick release. His release was unlike any quarterback at the time. Um, zipped the ball. What is one of the best, one of the most talented quarterbacks to never win Super Bowl. Um, you could argue greatest, but I would, you know, being like the, the greatest career pedigree, all that. But talent-wise, he is the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Just an insane talent. You, I think even better than Andrew Luck because of when he played. Because when he played, there was nothing that could throw the ball like he could. And uh, accurate. He was a pretty good leader, too. Yep. And uh, played for Pitt. Went to somewhere in high school, somewhere in Pittsburgh. Went to Pitt. So, right. Dan Marino, everybody. I think Dan Marino went to uh, Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Well, now we're going to have to Google that, too. I think he did. Yeah. Um, Dan Marino. Let's see. Dan Marino. Should be Central Catholic High School, right? How does that not say that there? Good lord. Yeah, he definitely went to... Okay, high school. Let's see. Yep, he attended Central Catholic High School in Pittsburgh. Yep. Wow, that's so cool. I know. It's insane, especially because yeah, our high school played them a lot. It's well, now, yeah. crazy. Not when he played, but yeah. Um, wow, that is awesome. Seeing him with the Viking helmet and everything. But uh, yeah, there you have it. Now to count down, Phillip Rivers at 5, Fran Tarkenton at 4, Andrew Luck at 3, Jim Kelly at 2, Dan Marino at 1 for the top 5 quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go subscribe to the newsletter. Do all that good stuff. Hit up the website, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. That was The Issue.